Well, hello, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. My name is Clint Clifton. This podcast is intended to help church planters and sending churches aspiring to make more disciples through church planting. Well, today we're going to talk to my friend Trey Lewis, who lives in the Christian Mecca, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Trey Lewis works for an organization called Start Church, and he is a conference uh, speaker for that organization and uh, goes out and tries to uh, tries to get uh, churches engaged and involved in the, in uh, what, what it is that they do. And so so their work is particularly centered around helping churches with issues of legality and uh, setting up uh, their infrastructure properly so that they're protected when they start uh, start doing their ministry. So so things like bylaws and, and, and constitutions and uh, and uh, uh, all the all of the legal paperwork that goes along with uh, being a nonprofit organization, all of that stuff. They are experts in those things. They also do things like church accounting for new churches and um, just just lots of services to take the administrate administrative load off of uh, church planners so that they can keep their focus on on ministry. So it's a very sort of Act Six. Um, let's free the guys up for the ministry of the word and prayer sort of uh, thing they've got going here. So uh, I've gotten to know Trey over the past uh, year or so as we've worked together on several projects. Uh, we've brought them in to to help put things together, and I'm really encouraged by by him and his faith personally, and also his uh, commitment to helping churches uh, do their work with excellence. So let's get Trey on the phone. Hello, Clint. Trey Lewis, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you well. Excellent. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, okay, so so Trey, uh, you work for an organization called Start Church. Uh, tell tell us what they do. Yeah, so uh, we deal with the uh, we help ministries uh, with compliance, uh, with tax law, and. Uh, Really helping to lay the uh, the legal foundation for uh, for churches and ministries uh, that are governed by U.S. law. Okay, so so more specifically, what is that? Tell me the types of things that Start Church would do. Yeah, so um, so so typically, um, I would I would just say that the core competency of Start Church is uh, we help set up the legal side of ministry. So, for example, uh, church planners um, who were are trying to uh, to get ministry off the ground so that they become classified as a nonprofit um, would give us a call and uh, we would create those documents for them based off the direction that they gave us. So, um, you know, let's just say that we've got a a church planner um, in uh, in the D.C. area and uh, they're wanting to uh, to get started. Maybe they're meeting in their home right now and they're ready to take it to the next level. They would give us a call and we would. Uh, depending on where they were at in the, in the uh, you know in the compliance process, uh, you know we'll usually reserve their name, draft their articles of incorporation, making sure that they're meeting state uh, and federal requirements. Uh, we will uh, then get their their FEIN, their federal employer identification number, uh, so that they can open up a bank account. Um, get get back their state approved articles of incorporation so they can start receiving tax deductible gifts and we'll draft their bylaws and then uh, their policies 
and uh, in some cases uh, we go to the uh, to the federal level, getting them their official 501c3 uh, federal recognition letter. Okay, okay. So this is an area that uh, you know most church planters that I know and work with, and even me when I planted a church, you know, admittedly know absolutely nothing about. So, um, so is, is it as simple as we can call Start Church and say, hey? Uh, we don't know how to do this whole aspect of things. Can you, you know, and, and you're going to take the ball and run with it from a from a legal and compliance standpoint? Absolutely, Clint. I mean, that that's really why we exist. We were founded by a pastor about 15 years ago, and uh, and just without going into all the details of that, uh, came into a place where he was leading an outreach of about 150 people needed to, uh, uh, but wasn't ordained. I mean, it was you know, ultimately an outreach uh, that had become a church and uh, realized how difficult that was and then how much, um, uh, I guess, lack of attention um, that the body of Christ gives to this side of ministry, which is, which is very unique. And, uh, and so from there, he, you know, began to, to dive in and to, you know, lay that foundation and uh, really just felt the Lord impress on his heart during that time to, uh, you know, as you give yourself to the study of, of uh of church law and legal compliance i'm gonna you know expand your message into all 50 states and uh, and now that's what we do we, we we help churches call in and and like you said i mean they're they're focused on ministry they're focused on all of those things uh, uh counseling and, and building the ministry and preaching the gospel and all the stuff that the lord has called them to and this is the side that becomes overwhelming and so we can come alongside them and take all of this off their hands and uh free them up to do what god called them to do hmm. That's kind of cool. And that way you have a very uh, sort of um, act six, you know, sort of ministry where you're uh, you're trying to free guys up to be able to focus on the ministry of the word and prayer. And, and that's that's very cool. Yeah. 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 It's really, really neat. It's a, it's a huge blessing. And then, you know, but also, too, what, you know, I think a lot of pastors, um, I don't know if they, they fail to recognize, but but also as a pastor, yes, you're definitely a pastor, but you're also the CEO uh, of a of a nonprofit organization, and and that role has to be embraced, um, you know, to be able to lead effectively. I mean, we live in the in a, in a very hostile legislative culture towards churches. I mean, you think of the persecution that hits the West. I mean, and, and in some cases, you know, here and there, you'll see somebody you know pay for the gospel with their lives. But typically, we feel the heat through oppressive legislation that's trying to to quench our First Amendment. Uh, yeah, that language is strong. A hostile legislative culture to, to churches. I've never, I've never really thought of it like that, but but that's probably accurate. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I'm just thinking, like uh, while you're talking, I'm thinking about um, all these churches and church planners that I know for that have, you know, I've been working with and helping get started for for years, and they didn't they didn't know about Star Church or didn't you know have Star Church, uh, so they just you know like whipped things together themselves and i'm imagining that a bunch of churches out there even you know lots of the ones that i helped found probably are um are are not in compliance in some areas can it can an existing church call you and say hey uh, can you evaluate where we're at and if we've done everything right absolutely that i mean that's another um you know huge focus for our company is that uh, we help existing organizations to uh so a lot of times have outdated bylaws and just outlay, outdated protective documents. You know, one thing that um, I was in the uh, I was in the Air Force, and you definitely don't have to have ever been in the military or to have you know seen any combat combat to understand that when 
you know, the enemy, if you will, or with some type of opposing force begins to change positions to be able to accurately engage them, um, then you have to move as well to uh, to be able to meet that head on. And so a lot of times churches will, you know, they may have the best Christian attorney on the planet draft their documents in 1985, but when legislation shifts, then our bylaws need to reflect that to make sure that we have adequate protection. So that's exactly what we do. We have a research and development team that has given themselves to uh, to the study and, and research and development of, uh, you know, of just watching legislation and seeing how it impacts the church and then building a strategy to make sure that the church is still in a good position to prosper and to, uh, you know, and, and, and to not have to, to worry about that. You know, I mean, you're thinking of all the issues like same-sex marriage and public accommodation laws and aggressive health care laws that are just in, in direct opposition to what we believe as Christians. And, uh, and, and, and while it's, you know, it's noble whenever we watch a church that, you know, gets in a situation like that and, you know, maybe a court, because they didn't have good protective language, say on the issue of same-sex marriage, now you've got a, a, a judge that's telling them, hey, you're a place of public accommodation, and uh, we're going to force you at the point of jail time to uh, to solemnize this marriage or to at least allow this marriage to take place on your property. And so while I think it's noble when a pastor's saying that, you know, I'll go to jail before I'm involved in something like that, I mean, how much better if they just would have had a clause in their bylaws where the judge would have looked at it and said, hey, this is an ecclesiastical issue, and then throw it out. So uh, that's that's what we like to see happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I think most of us would prefer to have uh, good bylaws than to go to jail, probably. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, hey, you uh, interact with planters from all different stripes and tribes and, and pastors. You know, I'm imagining you're, you're not working just with one denomination or one uh, network, right? You're working with tons of different types of groups, right? Exactly, we are. We don't we don't bend on the on the the, the basic uh, doctrine of salvation, um, but we do. We help all different types of you know denominations, non-denominational, and uh, across the board, and, uh, and 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 work with them and tailor a set of documents that really fits you know who they are and depending on how they want their government set up. You know whether they're you know board of directors led, church led, congregational led. I mean we can meet all those needs. Or if there's a um, you know, even a split in that, we can, uh, you know, just make sure that, that, that we're not forcing them just to fit in some type of template. Right. So, I mean, your vantage point is probably unique, talking and working with so many different types of church planters. Well, what mistakes, uh, particularly in the area of administration and legality, are you seeing church planters across the board make regarding, regarding uh, this issue? Yeah, that's, that, that's a huge point right there. Great question. And, you know, one thing that we see is that, you know, in the beginning, a lot of church plants, they, you know, unless they're backed up by ascending, ascending church with a large budget, that they are looking just to cut costs. And, and, as a, and as a result of the lack of information that's available, or solid information, I should say, there's a lot of myths, myths that circulate within the body of Christ as it relates to the legal side of ministry, um, churches make decisions based off of information that just gets, you know, passed down over generations. And, you know, some of them, uh, you know, they feel like that they don't need to be incorporated or they'll just cut and, or copy and paste a set of bylaws that they don't, you know, that doesn't really fit who they are. And that may very well be outdated. And so they'll, you know, cut these corners. They won't put policies in place. I mean, Harvard recently did a study uh, where over or right at 55% of churches 
across all 50 states, across all denominations, are, are experiencing embezzlement. And, uh, and typically that's just due to, uh, to, to reimbursement policies. I mean, that's a big deal whenever you think about that. That's a misappropriation of, of church funds. And most of them don't have ill intentions. They just don't have good policies in place. So, for example, if, uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, most of the money is probably coming out of pocket. So let's just say a church planner goes and buys $2,000 worth of sound equipment, just a basic PA system to get the job done, comes back, hands the receipt into the treasurer, the treasurer cuts that pastor a check. Well, if there's not a clearly defined policy in place, that's embezzlement. You know, even though that's basic logic, you know, of, of, of how reimbursement, but there needs to be a clearly defined policy, there needs to be a reimbursement form, the appropriate signature, you know, just, just things like that. And so then once that mistake is made, you know, now you're looking at a seven-year statute of limitations for that to run out, and by the time they get that information, you know, then that church planner is, is, is feeling the pressure and just praying, you know, God, please don't let me get audited in this, in, you know, during this time and, and, and making those mistakes. So we we understand those mistakes. We like to lay that foundation from the beginning so that that pastor sleeps well every night knowing that their foundation has been laid properly. Well, we were going to sleep well until this conversation. Now we're all stressed out. Thanks, Trey. <laughs> oh, Sorry, but Embezzlement. Wow, that's a big, scary word. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so so call start church is the moral of the story because uh, if you don't, you might go to jail. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, uh, one of the things I've really appreciated we've been we've been w- working together um, on um, a project with a with a, a mega church, and I'm excited to 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 work on that with you. And and I know you've been working with all different uh, types of groups, but um, one of the things I've really appreciated as I've gotten to know you is that it doesn't seem like this is just business for you. I mean, uh, so uh, t- you you were telling me a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ and what. What fuels your desire to help churches? To, to tell us a little bit about that. Definitely, Clint. I was um, in in 2005. I had had joined the the Air Force. I was a brand new airman, and uh, was was just living, you know, like so many of us, just living outside of of the boundaries of God's will. And I was feeling the consequences of that, of a very broken life, and um, and anyway, was um, just 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 got to a point. Um, you know, with, with, with drinking and, and just kind of bottomed out and, uh, and, and reached out for help. And long story short, I get to, uh, uh, to a Southern Baptist church on the West Coast uh, there in Lompoc, California, right real, real close to, the, uh, to Vandenberg Air Force Base. And uh, in, in there, um, I saw a group of people who had something that, that I didn't even realize, you know, how desperately I needed it. And, uh, and, and through a relationship with them and, uh, you know, gave my life uh, to the Lord. And, uh, and from there, you know, just began to serve the Lord while I was in the Air Force and saw a lot of people come to know the Lord, um, got plugged in with the local church um, uh, there. And uh, my dad even, even flew out from Mississippi. That's where I'm originally from. He flew out, saw what had taken place uh, in, in my life and then gave his life to the Lord. Him and I got baptized together on January 1st, 2006 at Clarksville Baptist Church in, uh, uh, in, in, in a small town in Mississippi where I'm from. And, uh, and, and that, you know, was just, you know, was just the beginning of my journey. Um, and then now still, you know, traveling and preaching the gospel, um, uh, you know, going into a lot of oppressed communities to, to, to share my faith in Christ and knowing that God can take the most broken life to turn it around. And so 
you know, kind of helping there on, uh, you know, doing ministry. But then also, I think, you know, maybe a bigger picture of being able to come alongside and just in helping the, the body of Christ at large, you know, with the uh, with the foundational side. And the Lord has just opened up many doors for effective ministry. And uh, I'm just grateful, uh, you know, grateful for that opportunity and grateful to uh, to be partnering with, with, with people like you who are like-minded that, that have that same passion. So, uh, you know, thank, thanks so much. That's that's an encouragement when you're on this side of the fence and in, in church planting and dealing with organizations, you know, like Start Church. The assumption is, I think, when you come to the table, the, these guys are trying to profit off of church plants, and and I'll you know certainly there's an aspect of of what you do that's that's business, but it's so encouraging to hear that it's it's not simply fueled by dollars, but that you really do have a desire to protect churches and to help uh, pastors and planters. Um, because you're reached by a local church and, and you have a passion for the local church. And so that, that's a huge encouragement. Absolutely. It, it, it really is. And, uh, and that's, that's why we do what we do. And, um, it, it's just, uh, you know, and that, and start church I and mean, we've got, you know, right, right at 40 employees. And, and one thing is that just about every single person that's on staff is either currently involved in ministry or has a ministry background. And so when pastors are walking through this process, they're constantly getting encouraged because we understand how overwhelming it is. I mean, you touched on that one part earlier, you know, about, hey, we don't we don't want to go to jail. Call Start Church because we don't want to go to jail. And so while there's at some level some, some truth to the consequences, I mean, our whole objective is, yeah, we'll lay out, you know, what is a clear and present danger, but at the end of the day we want pastors to be inspired. We don't want to play off of fears where that – you know, they really do that God has called them for such a time as this. And, yes, it's the most litigious society the world has ever known, but in reality we're called and we're, we'll be equipped and we'll be able to, to walk alongside them until, you know, as they gain confidence on, on both sides of the ministry. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. Right. So you talked about, you pointed out the sort of budgetary limitations for church plants and small churches a few minutes ago, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the average bear listening to this says, you know, is thinking, man, that sounds expensive. So, you know, I don't know if you want to, you know, give us like brass tacks, but get, get, give us a, a sense of what a new church planter would be looking at and uh, in terms of getting getting basic set up for, for a new church. Yeah, so so the average the average cost for a church set up in, in, in the States is about $5,000. Um, and so, again, you know, I hit these steps a little bit in the beginning of our conversation. So to reserve your name, draft the Articles of Incorporation, you know, creating the purpose statement, the disillusion clause, um, getting the tax ID number, um, drafting a set of bylaws, same-sex marriage protection, backed up with Scripture, um, doing the policies, and then going to the federal level uh, where we create what's it's called a Form 1023, and that's the 28-page-long the application. Um, to get a 501c3. And, uh, and when a church has been done properly, it should be about 100 pages, should be about 100 pages of content that should be submitted to the IRS um, if it's been done right so that you have adequate protection. Because ultimately, that'll be your public record. So if you ever get audited or you ever find yourself in court, that will come back to be your best First Amendment defense. So once we've done all that, we get a 100% money back guarantee on, on getting the 501c3 approval. Our cost is twenty four forty three, um, and uh, and we break that up into you know if a church planner needs it we can break that up into uh, seven interest free payments of three forty nine. Um, but one thing that 
that I'd like to do just just even as as we're talking uh, on this on this call that if anybody um, should call in, um, they can ask for me, or if they mention uh, if they if they mention uh, your name, Clint, uh, then, then then what they'll be able to do is I'll be able to give them a hundred dollar uh, discount off of the price, and uh, you know just as a, you know a courtesy and and, my, and our appreciation of, of just being able to partner with you. So uh, we would do that at. Um, twenty. I guess it'd be twenty three forty three, and uh, and but that would take from start to finish. There's also going to be, you know, one thing just also to be aware of. You have your state and corporation fees. So, you know, typically that is around about a hundred dollars to the Secretary of State, and then you'll have a one time IRS filing fee that's based off of a projected budget, and it'll either be four hundred or eight hundred fifty dollars. But that's the true, true, true cost start to finish for five hundred one c three. Right. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing that. That's encouraging. And I know how church planners think, man. I mean, we are we are trying to crunch numbers and get, get you know, make everything work financially. And so often we're making decisions between, you know, salary and basic things like child care equipment and, and sound systems and, and, and things like this that, that, uh, that you're, you know, you don't actually day to day see the direct result of, but really, really matter when, when, the crap it's the fan so to speak you know uh so so um so i really appreciate you trying to you know heighten our awareness of that and and push that into the into the uh, forefront so that planters will think about about the necessity of of doing things right legally in their ministry so that in the long haul their churches are viable well into the future absolutely definitely Definitely, and then uh, and then on the it, now if they're coming under a, a group exemption, let's just say that they were a part of the Southern Baptist Convention and they were going to use that group covering, then you know again you would do the first first portion of that where they would do name reservation, articles of incorporation, tax ID number, bylaws and policies. Um, that part of it is is we normally charge seven ninety eight for that, but again uh, if they if they mention this podcast, mention you. Then, uh, then we'll do it for uh, for six ninety eight, and uh, we can break that up into an interest free payment plan as well. And then that way, they would just do that portion of it to come underneath the group status, um, and, uh, and 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 that'd be another another way to go at it too. That might might even be a little more cost effective depending on what the what, what the options are for for the particular church planner. Great. Trey, this conversation has been incredibly helpful and probably been an eye-opener for a bunch of guys. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Clint, it's been my pleasure, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking with you soon. All right. Before we get off, tell us where we can find information about Star Church and uh, how what the web address is and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, our website is startchurch.com, so they can go there look through all the different services. The Start Right program is the one that we have um, really unpacked today uh, on uh, on this podcast. And then, uh, and also too, they can uh, they can call me directly. I actually give my cell phone eight zero five four zero six four three one one, and uh, that would just make it easier if they call in. They can just mention this podcast, and I'll be able to go ahead and and, and get everybody set up or give them the information that they need. Uh, you know, to make a decision about going forward. Great, great. Thanks, man. I appreciate the uh, the time uh, that you've given, and uh, I look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Awesome, Clint. My pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Trey. Bye. All right. Bless you. Bye. <laughs>
Today's podcast is made possible in part by Start Church, America's number one church planting program. Thanks also to today's guest, Trey Lewis, and to Bobby Oliveri, who produced and edited today's show. Special thanks also to you, the listener, who endured all the way to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. If you'd like more info, feel free to visit our website at clintclifton.org. There you can find additional posts about church planting and notes and links from today's show.